0: Check us out at heartwaychurch.com slash give. Every dollar that you give goes a really long way towards helping us do what it is that we do. Well, we love you. Really hope you enjoy the podcast.
1: Hello, hello, everyone. Hello. I made you laugh. <laughs> the hello it was too much. <laughs> it's so nice to see everyone here today. It's it's an incredible experience to be able to just witness everyone taking a moment to really say hello to one another and to embrace them with love. You know, it's it's so wild to me because just what 2 years ago, we were me and Danny were doing this just by ourselves, right? And because we couldn't hug each other and we couldn't see each other. And I think it's so important to remember like where we were to really appreciate the moment we have right now. And, you know, even though we take hugs for granted, like I don't think I'll ever take it for granted again. What a blessing it is to just share the embrace of someone else's love and to just say hello to them with a smile. So it's a blessing to see all of you all here. We truly appreciate you all. And I'm just grateful to have you here. So today I want to share this quote from Rumi that really spoke to me, and it's about this idea of how we're always in search of something. We're always working towards a particular goal. We're always trying to reach something, and you know, that's great. I I set many goals for myself, and I want to reach them as well, but I think one something that we shouldn't seek for is love. And unfortunately most of us do seek love so much. We're in such search of love in others when truly God has already given that love within us. So today I want to pose this uh, this quote in, in question form and it's saying that your task is not to seek for love, but merely to seek and find all the barriers within yourself that you have built against it. You know, we go through so much in our life. We start off so open, so full of love. You know, you see babies and they're just like, I just exude love, right? They just, they're so connected. And then life happens and we harden and we build these walls and these barriers, and all of a sudden we experience love less and less and less, and we stop going within to feel that love and instead we start to seek outside of ourselves. So today I just want you to really take some time here. I'm not going to speak too much. I'm going to guide you in some breath work and then we're just going to sit with ourselves and I want you to really go deep within. Notice and acknowledge what barriers have you put up today or in the past and what are you willing to release. So let's find ourselves in this cross-legged position. Uh, (laughs) Tall spine. Sorry, I'm thinking yoga. (laughs) If you want to get cross-legged though, if you're flexible. (laughs) So tall spine, tall spine. Allow the palms to face up or down. And allow the eyes to close. And let's begin by taking a deep breath. Slowly inhaling. Nice big belly. Filling yourself up and then gently exhaling, releasing all of the air. Again, you slowly inhale, nice big belly, really allow the breath to go all the way up towards the chest. And then you slowly exhale, release all of the air. Allow yourself to settle down now. Let's let go of all that we experienced before this very moment. Let's let go of all the conversations we've had. Let's allow ourselves to connect with the breath, which brings us to this very moment. As we allow ourselves to release, as we allow ourselves to let go, we welcome God into this very moment. We welcome his joy, his peace, his love. And we continue with the deep breath, slowly inhaling nice, big belly. And as you exhale, you allow yourself to sink just a little bit more. Allow every inhale to create space within you. And as you exhale, you allow yourself to sink deeper within that space. Take this moment to really observe all that's going on within yourself. Remind yourself that you are not alone. And as we observe and acknowledge these barriers and walls we've placed up, we are supported by God. We are protected by His love. We are being given the opportunity to bring those walls down. To let it all go. The peace you seek is deep within yourself. The love that you seek is deep within yourself. Release all that's unserving to you. Humbly surrender to a greater power within you. The mind no longer has control, for the heart and soul is connected now. Allow God's love to release you. Let go of the heavy burdens that you hold. Remind yourself that this love is inherently yours. deepen your breath, gently inhaling filling up the belly nice and big and slowly exhaling releasing all of the air, if there's anything else you're holding on to as we take this deep inhale really fill up your belly nice and big we're gonna hold the breath here for three. Two, then we vocally ah, let it all go. Bring your hands to your heart. Feel the heart beating. You are alive, full of purpose, so worthy of love. Accept this love. This is who you are at your core. This is the truth within you. The more we accept the love that we are, the more we will experience this love, the more we will spread this love onto others. When you're ready, Slowly blink your eyes open. May peace and love always be with you. Amen, my friends.
0: So happy to see you guys. Heartway, very special place. I want to say thank you uh, to each and every one of you who uh, responded so passionately and generously to the call that I made a couple of weeks ago for your contributions as we are in a season right now of transition as a community. We've been here in this facility for about six years now, and we are at a stage where we're looking towards what is next. And in order to move towards what is next, we have to kind of build a sturdier foundation right here and right now, especially financially. This. Community is filled with spiritual life. However, it's always been somewhat of a struggle for us to become financially self-sustaining. And when I began to share that need several weeks ago, a lot of you responded. We have several people who gave very generous donations. We had other people who started uh, setting up recurring giving, so gifts that they give to Heartway on a monthly basis. And so we are off to a good start. And when it comes to what you are giving to, Know that you are giving to a community that is really bringing about a lot of life change and transformation. And it's not just because of one person speaking on Sunday morning. It's because of this family as a whole and the gifts that all of us have to offer to one another. When I think about the future of Heartway, a lot of uh, people around me have been encouraging me to think about what is next for Heartway in light of the fact that we're in this transitional season. That's not something I've really done much thinking about. I have been hyper-focused on simply loving and enjoying what I'm doing. And uh, that's amazing. But some people have said, why don't we start to dream a little bit? And here's what I see when it comes to the future of Heartway. What I see for Heartway is us being more than just church. I see us having a place that we can call our own that can serve as a healing hub for our community. And what I mean by a healing hub is a place where people can have spiritual, interior, transformative experiences by engaging in uh, different services that we may offer, whether that's yoga sessions, whether that we have people who get who are getting certified in Reiki, whether that's meditation stuff, whether it's, you know, um, doing workshops or retreats or there are so many different ways that we can be more than just church and that we can really be a place where people can come to find healing. And so if you value what we're doing, if you see your future aligned with ours, I wanna ask you to think about what it would look like for you to partner with us financially so that we can take this to the next level. And so be praying about uh, this with us and start thinking about what are the ways that you can contribute your gifts and how you can utilize your connections and your network to help us get where it is that we wanna go. But for now, It's a beautiful Sunday morning. We're here back to reality. That's why I just have a hard time. It's so hard for me to just think about what's not real. But I guess it it begins with that. You know, you got to just kind of just put something out there and then just start moving in that direction. But for now, we're here and we're all bringing a bunch of baggage with us to this place called Heartway. And I want to talk to you a little bit about what we're going to do with all of that. So today's message is about how to heal. And this is a recurring theme that I share uh, throughout um, the year at Heartway because I think it's so important for us to have this conversation. A lot of us, recognize the fact that healing is a never-ending journey, but we don't even know where to begin when it comes to our healing. Maybe we've already started to draw some connections between the things that have happened to us in the past, the trauma that we've experienced, and the way that we're showing up in the present right now. So we know, yes, I you know, was abused when I was younger, or my parents got divorced and that really shook me up, or I went through a really difficult season of heartbreak, and I recognize that now I'm pretty scarred because of that. But now what? What do I do about this? OK, I know I, I, I've got issues. Yes. Welcome to the club. I've got issues. You've got issues. Now what? What do we do? How do I heal from these wounds that I've picked up over my life? Well, if you want to hear, heal your life, it begins by healing your perception. Oftentimes, our perception becomes distorted by our unaddressed feelings. So we feel sad, we feel angry, we feel depressed, we feel anxious, and our mind begins to show us all of the evidence as to why we should be feeling that way. Our our thoughts begin to reinforce and justify all of our unaddressed feelings. And so we begin to interpret life in a way that just keeps us stuck in that feeling of sadness, in that feeling of anxiety, in that feeling of anger. And so if you want to heal your life, you begin by healing your perception, but your perception oftentimes is distorted by your unaddressed feelings, so you got to sit with your feelings. (laughs) Healing begins by sitting with your feelings. I was talking to somebody the other day who mentioned that they were going through A challenging time, they had to speak at uh, their best friend's funeral. And this gentleman said uh, something the other day that really stuck out to me. He said, when I went to give the speech, the family asked me to come up and share. And when I went to give the speech, I was hurting, but I was also at peace. You can be healing and hurting at the same time. And what I got from that little statement that I was healing, but I was at peace is that if you are at peace with the fact that you are hurting, that's when you start healing. But you got to be at peace with the fact that you're hurting. You have to be okay. You've got to sit with the emotions that are there. And then it's about getting really, really curious Tracing the origins of your emotional reactivity in life, which involves revisiting some of the trauma, reliving some of those really different, difficult circumstances that you went through in the past. This is why most people avoid healing. This is why we run away from it like the plague, because it's scary to do it. But I love what Tony Robbins says. Look at this. He says, change happens when the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change. Change happens when the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change. I think it's very important to bring some awareness to and and study a lot of the ways that human beings have named God throughout history because it says a lot about what matters to us. And one of the names that is given to God in the Hebrew scriptures is Jehovah Rapha, which means the Lord God who heals you God your healer and the first time that this uh, title and name is revealed in the Hebrew scriptures is in the book of Exodus and the people of Israel have been rescued from their slavery in Egypt they just crossed the Red Sea they're wandering the desert and they're really thirsty and so finally, after a couple of days, they come across this body of water, but they can't drink from it because the waters are bitter. And so the people start complaining to Moses, their leader, and they start complaining to God. Did you just bring us out here so that we can die? What is going on? And Moses has this interaction with God in this story, and God tells Moses to pick up this piece of wood and throw it into the water. And when he does, the waters are healed. They're no longer bitter. And now the people can drink. And it is in this moment when this miracle happens that in the scriptures, God reveals himself by saying, I am the Lord who heals you. In a lot of ways, like the people of Israel, when they encountered those bitter waters and they themselves become bitter, that's what happens with us. We encounter bitter people, we encounter bitter circumstances, and we allow that to make us bitter too. And if we don't do something about that bitterness that builds up within us because of how bitter life can be sometimes, we end up passing along that bitterness to other people. If you don't heal from your pain, you will transmit it. And the cycle just continues. Hurt people continue to hurt people because we try and protect ourselves and keep ourselves safe. And we think that's the only way to do it, by doing the hurting instead of allowing ourselves to be hurt. The only thing that I know of that can stop that cycle of hurt people, hurting people, is love. And that love begins primarily with you. How do I love myself, Danny? By meeting your own needs. Give yourself what you need by releasing other people of the responsibility of giving that to you. So in your interactions with other people, maybe you have a need for validation. Maybe you have a need for them to approve of you. Maybe you have a need for people to really understand you. Maybe you have a need for people to love you. Well, the way that you can begin healing is by recognizing that need Releasing other people of the responsibility of giving it to you and providing that to yourself. I want them to understand me. Let me start by just me understanding myself. I want them to validate, let, validate me. Let me start by just validating myself. I want them to understand me. Let me start by just understanding me. And before you know it, now your cup is full. You really won't need anybody else to do that anymore. That's what it means to love yourself. That's how you stop that cycle of bitterness and hurt being passed along from you to other people and from them to other people. So I want to give you some real practical steps to be able to apply this kind of uh, healing to your life. And the first step is you've got to acknowledge that you're sick. Look at what it says in the book of Psalms. Lord, my God, I cried out to you for help, and you healed me. It's just very simple. I I cried out for help. Some of us, we are incapable of crying out for help. We think that's a sign of weakness, but it's actually a sign of radical strength to realize that you need help and to ask for it. Oh, my gosh. So to acknowledge that you're sick, it's like Jesus said, I did not come for those who are healthy, I came for those who are sick. Those who are healthy don't need a doctor. But there's a bunch of sick people who pretend that they're healthy. And so of course the doctor can't help you if you think that you're fine, if you think that everything's okay. So you gotta acknowledge that you're sick. Start by naming, labeling, identifying what some of those unresolved issues may be in your life. And when you do that, and you face your pain, that's when you can begin to overcome it. Look at this James Baldwin quote. Not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it is faced. I love that. We're afraid of change because change means a lot of new things that we're not used to. And we're very comfortable with that which we are familiar with. And so you've got to ask yourself the question, first and foremost, am I ready to heal? Do I want to heal? You may not be ready, and that's okay. And what I've learned working with so many people on their inner transformation is that some people don't want to get better. Because unconsciously, we begin to develop an identity that is tied to our sickness, And so we're afraid of change because change takes us into the unknown. The unknown is very unpredictable. And so we settle for what we're used to, even when it's not healthy for us. That's why we stay in that relationship long after the love is gone. That's why we stay at that job, even though we don't have a passion for it anymore. But it's what's familiar to us. It's what we are used to. Healing takes a lot of courage. A lot of, it takes a lot of courage to face your inner demons, to be real with yourself, about yourself. I think about healing as a process of reverse engineering. You got to reverse engineer your life. Reverse engineering is about dismantling and disassembling something to see how it works. So when you start to do that with your trauma, when you start to do that with the pain that you've experienced in the past, focus on what it is that you can control in all of this as you dismantle and disassemble what it is that you went through. You can't control what they did to you, you can't control what happened, but you can control how you perceive it, how you interpret it. And so you begin to work from there and you ask God, you open up your heart, for God to show you a higher perspective, a higher vantage point that can hopefully bring you a sense of peace when you begin to think about and talk about what you've been through in your past. Reverse engineering the whole thing. Taking it apart. What was the cause of my suffering in this situation? Well, there have been other people who have been through similar situations, and they didn't experience it the same way you did. So maybe it's the way that you are perceiving. Maybe it's the way that you are interpreting. Maybe it's the way that you are seeing the issue that is actually causing you your emotional distress. And then you go from there. So number one is to acknowledge that you're sick. Number two is to reveal your wounds. Reveal your wounds. Healing doesn't mean the suffering didn't happen. It simply means the suffering is now no longer controlling your life. But if you pretend like it didn't happen, if you act like it's all good when it's not, it will control your life. It will dictate the way that you live and behave and act and think and speak in this world. And so if you want to heal your soul, tell your story. If you can't talk about somebody that hurt you in the past, or something that happened to you in the past, that means it still has control over you. It still has power over you. I love it. I've had several people who, when I hang out with them, and my divorce comes up, like I had one person who said, the one who shall not be named, when they're talking about my ex-wife, Emily. You know, or the other day I was having, you know, I was having a dinner with someone and then and they have a friend called Emily. And they were like. God. God forbid that name be spoken. No, if you can't speak about it, that means it still has power and control over you. And that's fine. That just means there's work to do you got to sit with yourself. What are these feelings that I have around all this? And we don't like talking about this stuff because of the emotions that are attached to these events and experiences and people in our life. Here's the thing about that reverse engineering I was talking about. You may think in your mind that it was people who hurt you. And even if they did, they can't unhurt you. That's on you now. And that's what that reverse engineering process is all about. Realizing that I'm the only one who can unhurt myself. And as you do that, you realize it was me hurting me the whole time. Nobody has the power to hurt you but you. And you do that by the way that you perceive and interpret the things that happen to you. It's not life that is the problem. It's the way you're thinking about life that is the problem. You work with that. And you've you've started to get on the right track. So when we don't know what to do with our unaddressed feelings, one of three things tend to happen. We either internalize our emotions, which is about guilting and shaming ourselves because of the way that we feel. We externalize our emotions, which is about blaming other people for the way that we feel. Or we repress our emotions. We deny that they're even there. We stuff it down. Until later, it ends up erupting in a way that ends up causing a lot of damage in our life. There is another alternative to internalizing, externalizing, and repressing. And that other alternative is accepting your emotions. When you can accept what you went through, when you can accept your emotions, you begin to integrate your past into your life, which means you include it in your life story. So now that big thing that happened to you isn't something you see as uh, getting you off track and derailing your life. No, you don't see that as something that derails your life. That's a, it becomes a part of your life. It's a part of your story. You can't heal your past in, from your past until you discover its necessity. You can't heal from your past until you discover its necessity. Danny, how in the world is what I went through something that was necessary for me? I don't know. I can't tell you that. That's for you to tell me. You've got to figure that out for yourself. That's why we call it self discovery. It's not Danny discovery and then you guys all just do it. But I'll tell you why, for me, everything that I've been through and everything that I will go through absolutely has to be what it is. It's necessary on two levels. Number one, everything I went through was necessary because it happened. If it happened, it had to happen. It couldn't have not happened. I can't go back and change the fact that it happened. So it is what it is. So it was necessary. And if I think it it was not necessary, I'm delusional because I'm literally... Arguing with reality The second reason why It's necessary is because I wouldn't be who I am. I wouldn't be able to see what I see I wouldn't have grown in the way that I've grown I wouldn't be transformed in the way that I've been transformed were it not for the things that I've been through I can't be Here now if I wasn't there then and so it was necessary I don't know (laughs) what it is for you. But until you can see your past and say that belongs, it's always going to run your life and control you. Integration. It starts with acceptance. That becomes the foundation on which you can build and create higher meaning out of the things that you've been through in your life. This last week, I went into... um, old man's home. His wife can't speak. She has um, dementia, and she's not doing well. She's in the last couple months of her life. Sweet little old man, 80-something years old, can barely walk. It took him like five minutes to get the door while I was there. But I saw him getting up from his chair, walking over to the door. Of course, he thought I was a priest. Father. I'm not your father. (laughs) He let me in. I start talking with this guy. He tells me about his time in Cuba and when he immigrated over and his family. And then he started to talk about his suffering. And he's like, take a seat, take a seat, take a seat next time. My ears perked up immediately when he said, you know, what I've learned After all of these years of my life, Danny, as soon as someone says that, I'm like this. Tell me. Yes, I want to know. I want to know. Wisdom. He said to me, what I've learned about life is how to see God in everything. If I can just learn how to see God in everything, I'm in perfect peace. And then he said... When I'm feeding my wife, mind you, she had like all this food all over her face. It was like all over. He didn't clean, I guess he, he tries to feed her. And he said that as he tries to feed her, sometimes she doesn't open her mouth, but she needs to eat and so it gets all messy. And he can barely, this guy can barely move. So she's just there with all her food on her face. And he's like, when I try and feed her, they've been together for 51 years. First of all, oh my God. I was like, 50, and this man taking care of this woman. It's like, wow, 51 years together. And he's like, "When when I'm trying to feed her and she won't open her mouth and I'm having a hard time and there's this huge mess everywhere, I say, thank you, God, for putting me in this situation. He says, when the spoon falls and it takes me like five minutes to get it from the ground, and he was a very devoted Roman Catholic, he said, I say, thank you, Jesus, for the fact that this spoon fell on the floor. And he said, all of it is worship for me. He says, everything is the will of God. As soon as he said that, I knew I was sitting with a saint. Really? Really? At that point, what? What what can disrupt your peace when you understand that everything is the will of God? Even the spoon falling on the ground. And you picking it up can be an act of gratitude and worship to your higher power. It's beautiful. That's what's possible. But we get there in baby steps, right? (laughs) We get there in baby steps. Some of us, it's very hard for us to even think about perceiving life in that way, especially the bad or negative things that happen because of how we feel. And a lot of us, we just feel alone. We feel alone like there's no one that can relate to us. There's this Buddhist parable about a woman who lost her her child and she went up to this monk and she begged the monk to make like a, a medicine, an herb to bring her child back to life. And the monk said, okay, I want you to go to every house in this village, as many houses as you can today, and I want you to collect a mustard seed from every house that has not been touched by death. And then I want you to bring back those seeds to me, and I'll make you this potion for your son. So she goes all day from house to house looking for seeds, looking for these seeds from people who have not experienced death. By the end of the day had been hours and hours and hours and hours of searching. She had zero seeds. And even though a part of her (laughs) felt like this is the most depressing thing in the world, As she was going back to that monk, she had an awakening moment. She realized the only thing that is permanent about life is its impermanence. And in that moment, she was able to accept the fact that her son was no longer with her because she knew that this wasn't just something that befell her. This is something that is common to every human being. All of us share this kind of suffering together. And as a result of knowing that and realizing that she was not alone, she was able to find some sort of hope and comfort and encouragement in her suffering. When you begin to share your story, when you reveal your wounds, when you talk about the things that you're going through, you start realizing there's a lot of other people who have gone through similar situations. And it's never going to be the exact situation because you experience it the way you experience things. But you'll be able to relate to the way other people have gone through things in their life. You'll be encouraged by how you see other people walking through difficult situations. I've seen so many. I've seen so much. In my very brief young adult life, that at this point, I feel like it it, it would, I can't complain, even if I wanted to, about anything that happens to me. I've seen people go through hell and back with a smile on their face. Heal your soul by telling your story. And like the scriptures say, by his wounds we are healed. You know what that means to me? Jesus modeled what it looks like to suffer gracefully. To suffer gracefully. What would it look like for you and I to suffer gracefully? When you suffer gracefully, and even when it's not gracefully, even if you're you're just a hot mess, (laughs) by you sharing your wounds, other people will be healed. And in their healing, you will find your healing. And in your healing, they will find their healing. And we're all in this together. So acknowledge that you're sick. Reveal your wounds. And then last but not least is participate in your own healing. I'm saying this for all the super spiritual people in here who just say, God will heal me. God's going to heal me. God's going to do it. God will do it. (laughs) Won't he do it? Yes, he will. But you got to do some things too. There's a reason why Jesus would look at people after he would do some miracles for them and say, your faith has healed you. It wasn't, look at my wonderful powers. Look at how amazing I am. It's so funny like how much we exalt Jesus and Jesus never exalted himself nor wanted to even be exalted by other people. Jesus would tell people, hey, don't tell anybody what I did here. <laughs> that Christianity thing's kind of funny, huh? But... Jesus would tell people, your faith has healed you. We have a role to play in our own healing. We do that by shifting our habits, by changing our thought patterns. Literally, this is just an exercise in retraining our mind. That's what we're doing when we come to HeartWay every week. We are retraining our mind so that we can think in a way that is aligned with reality. So that our interpretive grid becomes one of love instead of fear. Acceptance instead of resistance. This takes a lot of commitment to you doing your own inner work. And yes, it is work. Doing that reverse engineering, facing your inner demons, takes a lot of work. What does this work involve? Questioning your narratives. All of the stories that you're telling yourself about what's happening to you. That's all you're ever experiencing. You're only experiencing your story. That's it. How do I know that my story is a sucky one? Because it hurts. Because of the way that I feel. That's what makes human beings so unique. We have this gift of language. We have this gift of creating meaning which brings us our suffering, but can also bring us our bliss. The mind can create a hell out of heaven and a heaven out of hell. You can be in hell, but you experience it as heaven. That's the power that your mind has. And you can be in paradise and think that it's hell, AKA human existence, really. This is paradise. Heaven is here now. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is here. Open your eyes to see the reality of what is. But we argue with reality. We fight against life. And our mind creates a hell out of the heaven that is. And so it takes work questioning those narratives. It's not, this is not about just positive thinking. That doesn't work. If you actually believe your negative story is true, trying to override that with something positive is not going to work. It's really exhausting. It's pretending it's fake because you actually think that your nightmare is real. So you've got to question the validity of the nightmare. After you question your narratives, what else is important to do? What else is a part of this inner healing work? Being totally truthful and honest. Totally truthful and honest. If this is how you feel, this is how you feel. Don't try and justify it. Don't try and blame other people for it. Just be with it. Acknowledge that it's there. Totally truthful and honest. Not hiding anything. An authentic life. Something else that's a part of this work is practicing self-acceptance. That's huge to practice self-acceptance. What you will learn is that the deeper you go uh, into this kind of inner work, the deeper your experience of healing will be. To the point where one day, like um, the psychologist Sigmund Freud said, one day the most challenging moments of your life, one day all of the years of struggle will strike you as the most beautiful. And honestly, the one day part, you're, if, if, you, if you're a person of faith, you don't. it's not about one day it'll strike me as the most beautiful. You can see it today, now. There's one teacher who said, there's only the beautiful and the beautiful misunderstood. Your life is beautiful. It's beautiful. You just don't understand it yet. You don't understand it. I like the imagery of winemaking, you know, unless the grapes are crushed, no wine will be produced. And so some of us are, are being crushed by our life right now. And we have yet to see that that crushing is a part of a much larger process. If you could see what this crushing was producing in you and through you, you would be able to say that it's beautiful, too. So it's not just about healing yourself. It's also about letting yourself heal. Sometimes we go through things and our way of coping is, let me just get really busy. Let me just do a bunch of stuff so I don't have to think about it. Oh, I'm done with this relationship. I'm going to go to the next one. I'm just, I'm done with them. I'm going to go here. And we don't ever give ourselves just the time to sit with ourselves. Let yourself heal. You have to feel it to heal it though. You have to feel it to heal it. Don't run away from those emotions. Explore those emotions. They are all messengers. They are there to speak to you. And you will find God there. You will find God there. And when you do, the darkness gets transmuted into light. Always. And that's, and that's, that's really the game that we're playing. It's learning how to transform the darkness we experience into light. And we do that through acceptance. We do that through faith. We do that by expanding our perception and asking God to reveal to us what the deeper, higher meaning of this situation may be. All right, let me pray for you. God, I thank you so much for your love and that you are the Lord God, our healer. We open up our hearts to receive all of the healing that you have to offer And we're going to do our part. We're going to play our role in this. May we not be afraid of exploring our feelings and emotions. With your help, give us the courage to face it, to work on it, to heal from it. We're so grateful that we're not alone, that we have each other and that we have you. Guide us on this path. Give us wisdom. Help us to see you in all things. Amen. Amen. All right, everybody. Thanks for being with us. Great day. Have fun healing. See you next weekend. Don't forget the outreach on Saturday.